0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? How learning it is on? It is I, Van Layton Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay.
0: Mike Epps has threatened to shoot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're starting with? What's going on?
0: Miss begets miss begets miss. <laughs> I do feel like people, do you feel like... It's a fair criticism of Club Shay Shay. Just let people know what's going on. Mike Epps just did a video, like literally. And in this video, uh, he's responding to Shannon Sharp, starting off with the messiness. He's responding to Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Mike Epps is responding to Shannon Sharp, who's responding to Mike Epps. Mike Epps had a comedy show where he said that Shannon Sharp had asked him to come on Club Shay Shay, and then he goes on to make gay jokes about Shannon Sharp. He says that... Uh, Shan Sharp was trying to look at Cat Williams' balls. Um,
1: Were people laughing?
0: Yeah, I mean... It just
1: doesn't sound funny, so that's why I'm asking.
0: Well, I mean, he said... So they've been making a couple of jokes. By the way, speaking of this, we have Demetrius Harmon coming on the show later on uh, to talk about masculinity.
2: Yeah.
0: um, Toxic or otherwise. Uh, Demetrius Harmon is an internet personality, an actor, an activist a clothing designer who got into a long conversation because he paints his nails. So we're going to be talking about that later on. But Shannon Sharp heard Mike Epps say that he was, uh, was basically a wig away from being Medea, And he's like club Shay Shay. See, see what I'm saying?
1: Well, that one was funny. It's funny,
0: right? He's like (laughs) club Shay Shay. He's like, he's trying to tell you. He's he's doing the whole thing. Uh, Shannon Sharp came back. Actually, Donnie, play the back and forth. Play a little bit of mic. Yeah,
1: let me hear it, because I've heard it. That nigga, Shannon
3: Sharp, called me trying to do an interview. I said, no, Madea. I ain't doing no interview. So you can sit across from me and look at my balls. I'll sit down, nigga. I thought he was going to attack Cat, that nigga there. nigga shit is called Shay Shay. The nigga's telling you.
0: All right, okay, cut it off. It's, I fuck with Shannon hard. Like, Shannon is the. Shannon, I see Shannon at the gym. Shannon is the
1: strongest man I've ever seen. God, I saw him for the first time in person this <laughs> he's weekend. He's fucking gigantic. Was, and he was wearing a suit. And I was like, how Why did he get she, the suit on? It he's was a like
0: mega-gigantic, bro. I knew
1: who he was without even seeing his face.
0: And he's a super nice man. So I'm not laughing at him. That was a funny line, though. Shannon didn't appreciate it. On the nightcap show that he has, I got to be honest with you guys, a lot of this is hate. A lot of this is hate from people because Shannon Sharp is dominating media in a way that I haven't seen anybody in a while. He has Club Shay Shay, then he's got the nightcap show, then he's on First Take. Shannon Sharp is having a very singular and specific moment that I haven't really seen anybody have like this, quite like this in a while in terms of like different alternate alternative media things that are popping, Shan That's Sharp only black. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Shan Sharp came back and said this. I'm gonna put this out there, uh-huh. and this one I'm gonna fire this shot over
3: your head, mofo, and you will know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, mention my name. Mention my name again. Yeah, and I'm gonna put the DMs. I'm gonna put I'm and I don't like doing this. Yeah, but you're lying. See, and yeah. I don't care about all that other stuff. You can say I'm gay and you can say I'm I don't care about that because yeah. I won't chase a lie, but yeah. I won't let you lie on my name. Yeah, now you can say all that other stuff, I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. I don't he- look, I heard that a thousand times. Yes, Just sir. like everybody jumping to chat talking about, oh, he don't like number white women. Right. I done dated a lot of different races.
4: Yeah. Hey, listen, you like Skittles now, you eat every color. Come on, talk to
3: me now. No, I don't eat. Want. I don't eat now. I don't eat or suck. You know, they all do all this. So, these. Sharp, pause real
0: quick, pause. Shane Sharp don't eat pussy? I
1: guess that, I guess not. How, can I be honest with you guys? Or maybe he means eat ass.
0: Eat ass, eat pussy, eat the whole thing. My my thing is, it's <laughs> is, is, is like, what, I want to hear from the guys now. I want this to be a breakout because Shannon Sharp said this. I haven't heard this sentiment in a long time. This is a very 1996 sort of sentiment. About
1: not. Yeah,
0: is, is are there still you guys
1: hear Rappers like rappers. I don't eat it. no.
0: Are there still yeah. guys that don't like eat pussy? Are there still? I thought is, everybody. That's got to be gone.
4: That that's not it. Donnie, what about you? I think this is a generational thing. I think people of Shannon's generation maybe not. He's like holding on to these old ideas. I feel I don't like
0: believe that. But Donnie, you're you personally though.
4: Oh, me personally, yeah. I am. I'm a giver. Yes, as as well as I as well. As
1: and And good lovers are.
0: Yeah. So I just I, that, so that was interesting to hear Shannon say that. Because that, that's a very 1996, 97. I don't believe it. I just remember, I don't believe it either. I never believed that. No, they just said I it. They just said it. Like, it's just like, I just remember back in the day, hey, bruh, I was like the first guy in my clique that just was like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I it was fun. And did the
1: floodgates open?
0: Yeah. Like everybody else. The floodgates that? open, man. Because <laughs> it was, it was me. And then it was Ian. Ryan has still. I could call Ryan right. I should don't call Ryan pull, right pull. now. You run. No, you call Ryan. No, because we never. Because we you never know to
1: stop answering your phone. We calls never Mondays and Thursdays.
0: Like we never. I've actually never asked Ryan about this before. Hold on. I've actually never asked Ryan because it was me, and then Ian, and then Ryan, and then the the have Never eating. had
1: anybody tell me I don't do that.
0: It was a thing. Well, you're a little bit younger than me.
1: We're so, the same generation.
0: I was the last generation of guys. Who were like, they don't do it. Like, let's see if Ryan answered the phone. He might, if Ryan answers the phone, like, he's going to call back. It's a possibility that he says he doesn't, that he might still be keeping it real. Does
1: he know he's on the microphone?
0: Nah, he's not going to know. He's not going to know. Like, it's a possibility that he, it's a possibility. When Ryan calls back, we'll ask him. Anyway, not to get sidetracked, even though we did. Donnie, continue to run it.
3: Yeah, I'm telling you this, and I want you to, and I want somebody to send it to you. And y'all been, I've been seeing it in the chat. Yeah. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I don't know who you talking about, say, but I'm with you. I'm a, nigga. Say I'm, my name oh. again, and I'm gonna put the, I'm a, and I'm gonna release the DMs because yeah. you're lying. Yeah, you said I reached out to you to come on Club Shay Shay, and you a mofo lie. Now when uh-huh. I see you, yeah. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna see if you about that.
0: Okay, so nobody wants to fight Shannon Sharp. <laughs> I mean, that's just a thing, right? nobodys I, I don't think that my, a Mike Epps, I know a bunch of people, I, I don't think a Mike Epps wants to fight Shannon Sharp. No. And Mike Epps said he didn't want to fight Shannon Sharp. He said that he would handle it a different way, Donnie. I don't be doing no fighting lately. I don't do no fighting.
3: So, you know, there's only other one other option. If you don't fight, you do blank, 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 blank. Now, Ocho, you shut up and go get some eyebrows. you looking like a whole milk dud sitting there agitating. We watched the white boy kick your ass. Agitating. Okay,
2: turn it off Tony. <laughs> Cut it off. Turn off Tony. Please, please, <laughs>
0: turn it off time. <laughs> so Mike Epps goes on to say that they're going to see each other in Indiana and the All Star game. And oh. if he sees him in Indiana when he. He's basically just said that he'll put that iron on Shannon Sharp. And that's where we are now because of a lot of the talk. Remember, DL Hughley has criticized Shannon Sharp for what's been going on on Club Shay Shay. It's like, and now we got Shannon Sharp threatening to beat up Mike Epps and Mike Epps threatening to shoot Shannon Sharp. OG's going wild. Unks going wild <laughs> is what we're seeing right now.
1: It's unnecessary. They need to quit all of that. But, I mean, listen, the more that Club Shay Shay continues to have people on who feel comfortable enough to just talk for hours on hours on hours, and specifically it's been comedians mm-hmm. as of late, we're going to have people that are riled up and are going to want to respond back. And more of the aunties and the uncles showing out on social media. You're It's right. only going to continue.
2: You're right.
1: Now, are we interested in it? Yes. We talk about it every single time. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see that? No. I wanna see I want to see them actually turn it all into a tour. Let's bring all these people they did. to come out.
0: Monique and Kat are going out on tour together.
1: Oh, I missed that. Yeah, the oh dark. My God, Matters I'm a genius. Tour.
0: Like Monique and Kat came together. They she did her first show a couple of nights ago. Here? No, it was somewhere <laughs> else. Look, here's the thing. It's interesting. So the Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. which has now actually transitioned to a show that has more uh, more tools in the toolkit. Because The Breakfast Club gives you all the interviews with the people who are coming up and popping, but it also gives you interviews with authors. It's become over... It? Oh. It's become, over the course of its run, a much more serious platform than what it was when it first exploded onto the scene, right? So now you got presidential candidates on there, you got politicians on there, True. you got authors on there, you got financial experts on there, you got all different types of people on there. Um, Club Shay Shay is like... A Gen X version, almost a baby boomer version of what The Breakfast Club was in, say, 2013, 2014. Yeah. And his crowd, think about it. We talk about beef with Ricky Smiley and beef with Cat Williams and beef with Mike Epps and Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer. The older crowd, the uncles and the aunties, they never had a place where they could go and get shit off their chest like this about each other. We never really saw this before. And Club Shay Shay has given them that, so it's going to be that way. And a lot of these people is different. Not so much Mike Epps, because he's been going back and forth with people in the past, but a lot of these people aren't used to having this type of shit talked about them. No, that's true. Because it's been a while since they, because they've, they're older and they don't, you know, anybody you can see on a cruise or doing a gospel brunch Saturday comedy show is not used to being called out. You know what I'm saying?
1: And they don't respond. I mean, Cedric really didn't respond. He might have had a couple of Cedric didn't really,
0: but Cedric wouldn't, right? But that's what I mean. Ricky like, Smiley, almost it. everybody. Smiley,
1: Steve Harvey, they just let it go. Ricky
0: Smiley did respond.
1: Yeah, but not like in the in a Mike Epps type way. Yeah, Mike Epps is calling people, he's calling people out in the middle of, his response just, Mike That's not Dale Hugley,
0: as, as, as Shannon does it, this is kind of gonna yeah. be the thing. Shannon is kind of in that same space that, that Char was in during the time where everybody was like, Oh, you just go up there, you talk a bunch of shit. But now that platform has actually evolved, and Club Shay Shay is the hottest place to go and talk your shit. It is, it is, it, 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 just, it just is. Everybody that wants to get something off their chest is gonna go. Talked, and it's, it's interesting because, like, in between Kat and Monique, fucking Usher was on Club Shay Shay.
1: He was? Yeah. And it How just, did I miss that? But he,
0: because he he, he did not really talk Talky. his shit. Yeah. Because that's what people, you go on and out to talk your shit.
1: And now it's time for Beauty Chronicles. An all-new segment brought to you by Ulta Beauty because it's our month, Van. Black History Month. Mm. Ulta Beauty is celebrating Black-owned and founded brands this month and every month, Mm. not just in February. And it got us thinking about how important it is to support and uplift Black voices in the beauty world. Okay, I would say over the last couple of years, I've been very invested in my skin because I've been having a lot of skin issues. we talked about it here Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Um, Taking care of my skin before I put on my makeup. Do you have like a go-to beauty routine or maybe like a particular type of product that you love to use? Because then I can tell you a black-on-one and Ulta Beauty that you should be using.
0: So I like to use toner and moisturizer. Okay. I like to use a little toner. Okay. I like to get into uh, the pores and make sure that they are clean mm-hmm. so that my beautiful brown skin, I have oily skin.
1: Make okay. sure that it's not going too it's crazy. It's you know your type. I
0: don't know my skin, oily skin. And then I like to use a little moisturizer to make sure I control the oil production of my skin
1: after that. Can I give you a tip? Please. Okay, so butter. Butter! Dorian Renaud. That's right. The man! The man, right? Yeah. From Texas. hmm His products at Ulta, for us, by us. And he has really great products. Moisturizers, one of them. You talked about it. also has a really I good vitamin C one. serum. Mm-hmm. And why that's so great is because, like I said, it's for us, by us, but it's for our skin and it gives us the attention that we need and that we deserve. Now, then, this is not a you. This is for me. Fenty Beauty mm. also sold it older. Rihanna. I love to put on top of my skin too for makeup. I use everything that they have. I use their skin tint. I use their powder. I use their lip gloss, like you name it. I use a lot of Fenty Beauty. You can find all those products at Ulta Beauty. Black-owned beauty brands. They're celebrating them this month and every month. Hair care, skin and body care, makeup, home fragrances, whatever your beauty needs may be. Head to your local Ulta beauty store or Ulta.com to shop your fave black-owned and founded brands.
0: Man, uh, it's time for a Super Bowl talk, man. There was so much going on yesterday. There was a lot Fuck. going
1: on. I'm so glad that we watched it together, though, because there was so much going on. It's a lot. With the, I mean, where do we start?
0: Um, well, we'll start Just by taking a break. Oh. <laughs> on the other side is break.
3: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Thomas's.
1: Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin
5: with a butter blade, boulder dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's huzzah, a toast to
3: breakfast.
0: All right, Super Bowl. Rachel go.
1: Well, first off, it was a good it turned out to be a good game, right? Started off slow to mm. the point where I was walking around. I really wasn't even tapped in that much the first half. Mm-hmm. Low scoring, I think people thought it would be more of a high scoring game. Surprised by Kansas City's defense that you can't really talk about them a certain way now because the Chiefs did really good shutting down. 49ers, obviously they won, but definitely in the first half, um, or not the first half, second half. I mean, uh, it was a good game. It's a good game. Neither one of my teams, so uh-huh. I'm not that I'm not invested in it in that way. But I was rooting for the Niners.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I will say that. Yeah. Um, disappointed that they didn't step up. I really felt like they were going to win this. Uh-huh. Felt like who who was favored? That I don't even know. I don't the remember. Game.
0: Uh, Donnie looked that I up really for her. I can't remember what the, the line liners. was. Yeah. It was
1: probably close, but I feel
0: like... It I was bet it the was niners. the Niners by, like, two.
1: And so I just want yeah. two. I guess that doesn't really make a difference. But yeah, well, couldn't have been I a big expected line. more from them. Yeah. Not necessarily from Brock Purdy, but I expected everybody else to step up around him in a way that would carry them to the win.
0: The Niners are cursed.
1: Did you see that meme?
0: The Niners are cursed. The, you guys... The Niners are cursed. Look, you guys think that this doesn't exist. But energetically, these things exist. The Red Sox were cursed for a long time because what? What's our curse? What's the Cowboys curse? Yeah. The Jerry Jones curse. The Civil Rights era.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Him being present.
0: <laughs> the Jer- Jerry Jones, y'all, first of all, y'all have one under Jerry Jones, so it's not that much of a curse. He's got like three super. Yeah, players.
1: but I mean, where we are now.
0: But like for a long time, I really do believe in energy.
1: I do too. I do I too. I
0: believe in things energetically, and I actually think that the 49ers are cursed. They're losing in the most excruciating ways. They're right there for the Super. Think about the things that happened in the game last night.
1: The, oh, man.
0: The ball bouncing off of the guy the on punt. the punt return.
1: Yes. The missed
0: extra point. These types of things. We were watching the game last night with the great Bitracial. Who's
1: <laughs> okay. a big Niners fan. Big Niners
0: fan. And I was rooting for a team last yeah. night. Yeah. Because I was rooting against Taylor Swift.
1: Whoa. You said
0: it this time. And um, it was bumbling mishaps. Some of them not even their fault. I mean, a miss extra point is a miss extra point. That's a block extra point. Rarely happens. The the punt is a freak occurrence. There was a football god somewhere with an Afro (laughs) making sure the 49ers didn't win. The 49ers need to make this right with Colin Kaepernick or I don't think they're going to win, man. Well...
1: Yes. It wasn't just that. I mean, their defense, the second half, like the way that they were just, it was wide open in the middle, the missed tackles. It was really bad, but there was something else. Was phantom like, injuries. Oh, oh, the phantom injuries. Phantom injuries. Inj- phantom it injuries. It ran off, came back. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. But did you see the report, Kyle, whose name I last, I cannot pronounce the fullback. Juszczyk. Thank you. Kyle Juszczyk. I think it was him. Came out and said they didn't know the rules
0: because they're idiots
1: for overtime. Yeah, that's part of the Afro God as well. Afro God. How do you not know the overtime rules in the postseason? That is
0: funny though. That that's happened a couple of I times. I wouldn't even
1: admit that.
0: Yeah, I think it happened to Donovan. So and wait, Mab were they time.
1: were they really not trying to go? I saw him this weekend too. Oh, you did? <laughs> Everybody's super well. But mm-hmm. So does that mean the 49ers weren't trying to score a touchdown? They were just trying to score?
0: No, 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 no. I don't think they thought that. I think they thought that if they scored a touchdown, the game was over. And they weren't the only people who thought that. Tony Romo thought that as well. Because Tony Romo clearly said on the well, broadcast, not to diss Tony Romo. No, no. Tony Romo Tony clearly, clearly said on, on the broadcast when the Niners were close to their to their end zone, excuse me, to the Chiefs end zone they're about to score, he goes, you hit that, you hit that pass, you win the Super Bowl. And that's not the way that the game works.
1: Why would Tony Romo know? What do you mean?
0: Tony Romo, he should know the
1: rules of the game. He doesn't have real life experience in
0: that situation.
1: And it should be a diss. That's a diss to Romo.
0: I said, it's the room. But it's not <laughs> it's just Romo. It's everybody. It's Romo. It's fucking Quincy Carter. The rules
1: were up on the it's screen. Quincy
0: Carter is
1: <laughs> Where is he?
0: I have no idea what Quincy Carter is. Uh, from Georgia. Is it's fucking uh, Dak Prescott. Anyway, uh, game goes to overtime. Chiefs find a way to win. Question now becomes, where's Patrick Mahomes all time? He's got three Super Bowls. He is 28 years old. Three Super Bowls, three MVPs. Three Super Bowls, three MVPs. Been to four Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is going to coach until he's in one of those hover things, like the leader of the Harkonnens from Dune. You ever see Dune?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 You know the big motherfucker yeah, that's yeah, yeah, still on yeah.
0: Skarsgård yeah. plays him in Dune and he's like all around. He's fucking like that. Andy Reid is going to coach until he's in one of those things because you can't leave. Now, Andy Reid goes from having no Super Bowls to now having three Super Bowls. He's got to ride this out till he's in that thing like the motherfucker from Dune just figuring out how many Super Bowls he could win because he's got... Patrick Mahomes is the golden nigga of football. He is. This is insane. He is the golden nigga from football. He is the one that we've been waiting for.
1: It's nuts. He always gets it done. Like, even when I thought, because we talked about this last night, they didn't have the most stellar regular season. If you win this
0: Super Bowl, if, you, if they win this Super Bowl, this is the, the, the mark of a dynasty isn't when you win when you have your most dominant team. The mark of a dynasty is when you have a slightly off year when there's a lot of things going wrong and you, through gut, guile, championship medal, experience, and fortitude still end up winning.
1: Because this is what I was just looking up. I was like, when did Tyreek Hill leave? Because when he left, it was like, oh, man, that's it for the Chiefs. They don't have their weapon. And they've won two Super Bowls without him. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I, do you like dynasties?
0: I think dynasties a, are good for sports.
1: But as a as a fan, as a viewer, don't you like to change up?
0: I think people think that they like parody, but I think parody is bad for sports. So
1: no, no so so not that I want some random teams to make it, right? You want to see a good Super Bowl. You wanna see big franchises, mm-hmm. right? Popular teams, teams with a big fan base that will travel. But at the same time, I can still have that and not watch the same teams win over and over again. Despite being a Cowboys fan, I would have loved to have seen the Eagles win last year.
0: The thing that boxing has is that it's the same fighter, right? It's a bunch of different fighters in a bunch of different weight classes. But Floyd Mayweather is Floyd Mayweather. Whenever he fights, you're either rooting for or against Floyd Mayweather, and that's going to go until he retires, right? Having one big thing, one big figure there that you can either relate to or root against increases interest to me. I think that a lot of times these sports are markedly better when there is a dominant team because that makes the achievement of the team that beats that team looked at better like more significant. And it also makes that team's historical uh, importance a little bit more scrutinized because you can look and you can say, okay, now are the Chiefs as good as the Patriots? Are the Chiefs as good as the Cowboys from the 90s? Are the Chiefs as good as the 49ers? It raises the stakes when you have a team like that. Not that they have to win every year, but I, I never think that dominance is bad for sports. Like Usain Bolt, the question becomes okay, is Usain Bolt going to break the world record? Then can he win again? Then can someone beat him? It's just good for You know him.
1: the only difference I will say about you giving a track and a boxing example? They're individual sports. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't see them winning as often. So it, it feels different, right? If I'm watching the Chiefs, even though we said they didn't have a, a, a great regular season, if I'm watching them constantly win, win, win over and over again, it's different. Mm-hmm. 17 games as opposed to like the Olympics. Mm-hmm. World championships one boxing match a year, whatever it may be. It's different. It's
0: different. All right. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a question about them. Uh, Another question about them a little later, I'll ask in a second, but we have to talk about Usher. Usher halftime show. Donnie, your thoughts?
4: It was entertaining. I thought it was everything we wanted from it. Like, uh, I didn't feel disappointed at all. Our expectations went in high, so I feel like when that is the case, it is very easy to be disappointed, and that didn't happen. I thought this case worked out.
1: Um. So, I I had moments. It started off. We were excited because we were all like, "What's the first song gonna be?" It was cool to see the Vegas. You called it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool to see the ve- Vegas implemented in that 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 opening number. But then in the middle, I got lost. I didn't think I like Alicia Keys. I love the song that she performed. Not a fan of my boo, but I loved her song that she performed. Fine, got you. Is that what she did? I can't remember. We didn't need it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it slowed it down too much. I think Usher needed it as a performer. But to me, the whole medley of slow songs threw me off a bit. But then when he changed back into that blue and black sparkly outfit, the skaters came out. I thought it brought it right back. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fantastic. I do think it's one of the best. Definitely a top 10, maybe a top five. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Somehow in 15 minutes, he was able to fit in several songs. And I like that he didn't keep it to himself. Because, you know, sometimes people don't like to share the stage. Mm-hmm. I like that he brought out Ludacris, Lil John, perfectly um, implemented in the show. The tr- it, was the, it was smooth. It was fluid. I just, I really liked it all. I, I would give it a nine.
0: Hmm. I'm not going to talk about my boo because we've had our say. We know how we feel about it. Okay. Let's just keep it positive. Okay. Uh, Donnie made the point, which is the most salient point. Usher's Super Bowl halftime show was good. It was entertaining. It was very good. Okay. We will never like anything as much as we're supposed to like it ever again. Ever. It's over. Our expectations for everything are so out of whack that we will never like things as much as we used to like them. You know what we used to do? You know how things used to go? It used to be like, oh, Usher is performing at the Super Bowl show. And it would be like, oh, shit, it's Usher performing at the Super Bowl show. Wow, interesting. Okay, cool. We go on about our lives. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, boom, boom. And then, boom, Usher's there. That's not how things work anymore. How things work now is, and we did it here on this podcast, and we will do it because it's the way things go, because we have an infinity news cycle that goes on and on and on and on. What is Usher going to do? Who is Usher going to bring out? Is Usher going to bring out Justin Bieber? Is Usher going to bring out Janet Jackson? Has Michael Jackson be re- been reincarnated? Are him and Usher going to dance off against one another? I saw people that said that Usher should bring out R. Kelly and really fuck people up. R. Kelly's in jail, guys. The fucking man is in prison, okay? It's like, we're, we're, everybody's like, what's going to happen? What songs is he going to do? Boom, boom, boom. For you to beat those types of expectations... The expectations we're putting on everything. I'm thinking about Dune 2 every day. Every day I think about Dune 2. I don't go a day where I don't think about Dune.
1: Wow. When does it come out?
0: It comes out in March. March 1st, I think. March 14th? March 1st. I can't remember. Every day I think about Dune. Our expectations are so different now that there's really not a good way to avoid being let down. It was Usher's performance a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with Usher. That had nothing to do with Usher. Usher went out there and did his thing. Usher out there dancing. I want people to understand. People were talking about Usher had to take some breaks. That's still a 45-year-old man out there giving it to you guys, looking like a 27-year-old kid. It's great. Just doing his thing. It was great. It was great. It was great. For everyone that expected more, it's like my Vision Pro. I got my Vision Pro. I love my Vision Pro. My Vision Pro is great for what it was. I thought I was going to be Tony Stark inside the Vision Pro.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: I kind okay. of am Tony Stark inside the Vision Pro. You guys, Vision Pro is sick. It's fucking crazy. You can't. You can't really do much. I thought it was different, but whatever. What so I'm saying. Usher was performing against the expectations of Usher that we were going to have, and there was no way he could beat those expectations.
1: So I think you're speaking for yourself because I think I'm really good at managing my expectations. You're a pessimist. No.
0: You are definitely a pessimist.
1: I'm more of a realist fan.
0: That's what all pessimists say.
1: I know, because that's what y'all put on us. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all make us say that because we have to defend ourselves. We're not, pes- I'm not a pessimist, but I just think I'm very good at, I wanted to be entertained. I wanted to be a good show. I want, there were certain things that I wanted that I felt like I got. I wanted other people to be on the stage. I wanted certain songs to be there. So for me, I was pleased. I'm really good, I think, at managing it. My expectations in that way. So I think as long as you do that, right, if you're a person who can say, I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to expect him. He's not going to blow my mind away, but it's definitely going to be worth the hype. And it was for me because I managed them. I don't know what more you could have expected from Usher in that performance. We even had laughs. I mean, almost said CeeLo. Jermaine Dupri coming out. Yo. We forgot to. We forgot to add a talk about the Jermaine Dupri. Probably because so many people were confused as to who that was and what he was doing. Jermaine Dupri. Stop. I it. believe it was. I stop. believe it was Nina Parker who first shot it out. Stop. Is that Cela?
0: you got We gotta. We gotta stop doing our legends like this, man.
1: He did it to himself. He dressed himself. Same stop, man. stop, stop. I was excited to see Jermaine Dupree pop up. But you cannot lie. When you saw him, you said, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's that? So wait a second, man.
1: People said. We can't so do lie? our
0: legends like this,
1: man. They said that he looked like one of the lollipop kids.
0: We can't. We can't.
1: They said that We can't he, do our legends like this, they man. They said that he right. was dressed like a child from 1905.
0: <laughs> i saw this one tweet i don't know why it resonated with me so much they had a picture of jermaine dupree and it said i'm a little lad that loves
1: secret." wait what it said what <laughs> i knew you were break I knew. we love our legends But it doesn't mean our legends don't have some missteps. And those, and the black, the black shoes, the loafers with the rolled down ruffled socks like we used to wear when we were 10 and under going to church. It was a misstep. It was a misstep. What did you say? I don't know why it's so funny to me. What did you say? I don't know why it's so funny
0: to me. It was just a picture of Jermaine Dupri.
1: (laughs) Take your time. It was just
0: a picture of Jermaine from the... Y'all, y'all don't even know how important Jermaine Dupri is to hip-hop Nobody's
1: saying that. He's not known it's for not his right. style choices. It's what did the tweets, I mean, uh, the picture
0: say? It's just not even, that. F- I don't know why it's so funny to me. It was just a picture of Jermaine Dupri he was doing like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. <a> <laughs> it's just like, it said, I'm a little lad that loves berries and cream. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he was doing like, God damn, man! It's not funny, bro. Wait, it's not fun it's, it, it's, it's like we can't. We can't what did his arms do? Wait. We can't. We can't do our legends like this, man. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't his We <laughs> can't do our legends like this. I, 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 I swear, I'm being.
1: I'm being serious now. Donnie, break it out. I'm being serious now.
0: I'm being serious now. Like I, I, I seriously want to say this. It is just. It
1: doesn't take away from his career, man. Nobody's Durant, saying I, you guys, it alive. Jermaine
0: Dupree is such an important <laughs> musician, just culturally, man. Like, everything that he's been able to do over the course of... I'm not to do this. Right I'm now. not going to stop talking, because I don't like this, man. I don't, I don't like this. I'm not going to stop talking about everything that JD done done. It's... Not- we can't do our legends like he's this.
1: not known for his fashion choices. That's fine. But somebody Somebody on that team should have said, "I don't think that this is gonna go Jermaine Dupre over." Dupree is that.
0: known for being one of the flies niggas having all of the ice in the Okay, let's we'll just move on. Let's just move on, man.
1: But it would be remiss of us to not have mentioned that that appearance. We talked about everybody else and we, we forgot that.
0: <laughs> I have a theory about last night.
1: Please, go ahead.
0: Beyonce declared war on the NFL last night.
1: Just her? I thought some other people could have gotten it too.
0: Taylor Swift is a part of this NFL thing. Taylor Swift was with the NFL last night. And Beyonce, last night, decided that she would derail the Super Bowl and she
1: did. She
0: did. Everyone was going around asking questions about who was bigger out of Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Would Beyonce be, we asked the questions here on the podcast. Would Beyonce's involvement with the NFL be this big and Beyonce went. I'm a fucking show you. And if you don't think that it worked, it fucking did work. There was a time at Rachel's house Last night, True. where we were trying to stream the new Beyonce song, while the game was on, we put the game on pause. We put the game on pause to listen to it, and me and Tracy had to be like, "Wait a minute, guys! We got to watch the Super Bowl. Like, we can watch the game. We can listen to the song after the Super Bowl. We got to watch the Super Bowl." The moment that the Verizon commercial came out, and then Beyonce said, "Let's break the internet, drop new new music," she actually flexed her muscle. Because she neutered the Super Bowl. That's a
1: fact. It happened.
0: Like, that's a fact. She neutered the Super Bowl. Everybody was on her IG. There was a full room of people wondering what was going on. I'm not saying this, this was like this everywhere, but I'm saying it was like this a lot of places. Beyonce showed last night. I felt like she wanted to assert herself by stepping in it during the biggest game of the year where Taylor Swift was prominently
1: featured. She did. And this is, and, and I can say, I was fully immersed in all of this. And we all know that I'm not a member of the Beehive. But you cannot deny the execution, the thought process, the how calculated it all was. It was pure perfection and genius. Because we're watching the commercial, which we have major fans that were in our midst last night who were freaking out over the commercials. So they're already just, they're totally satisfied that they got a full Beyonce commercial. And it was cute and it was interesting and it was a lot of Beyonce. I don't know who at first said, let me just check my phone. Maybe they went on Twitter to see what people were saying and then they saw that it dropped. I got to say, and then the fact that it's a country, Mm -hmm. country album, it all is tied together because I know what you guys were thinking. I don't care how big of a Beyonce fan you were questioning that outfit choice at the Grammys. You were trying to understand why she was in a cowboy hat, a bolo, and like just this whole kind of cowgirl outfit. It didn't really make sense. It does now. She was dropping, y'all talk about Taylor Swift and her Easter eggs. She was dropping Easter eggs for you guys because she knew what was coming and nobody else did. Genius. Also, I think Jay-Z saying what he said when he accepted his award at the Grammys was an Easter egg because now she has a new album coming out. The spotlight is so on the Grammys because she will be nominated. The question is, will you give her album of the year? Then if she wins, the conversation becomes, did she have to do a country rock album for you guys to finally give her album of the year? Also her choosing country, she's stepping back into the category that Taylor Swift left. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift turned over to pop. Remember mm-hmm. Taylor Swift can't answer the phone right mm-hmm. now? Beyonce said, I'll answer. I'm coming to country. I'm going to take this over and take another genre. It was genius. Now, I will say I didn't like the song.
0: Well, I didn't hear it yet. So you're <laughs> kind of... <Beyonce's laughs> but officially, I'm, I'm rooting for her. Beyonce right now is officially the, the biggest country artist of all time. <laughs>
1: Nobody could do this what she just pulled it's, off. And I, what I'm ever saying will right again.
0: now is non-controversial. Beyonce, right now, as it stands, is both the biggest country artist in the world, and maybe the biggest country artist of all time. I won't say of all time because that dismisses Dolly Parton and other people that are big. Hank Williams, I like a lot
1: of people. It dismisses
0: <clears throat> Garth Brooks. My favorite of all time. I like I like Garth. But I will say right now that right now, as it stands, I'm ready to make a declaration. Beyonce is the biggest country artist in the world. It's the biggest country, country and Western, country and Western, by the way, guys, country and Western, which is our music, black people's music, like all American music emanates from black music. We're not wading into country. We're taking country back. We're not wading into rock and roll. We're taking rock and roll back. Higher Learning might do a whole episode breakdown about black people's place in country and Western music, the sounds that come from the Mississippi Delta. We might talk about all of this stuff, how it works, where it came from, black musical and cultural innovation. Rachel, you got something for us right now?
1: No, I'm just looking. I was just looking up biggest black country singers.
0: Charlie Pride.
1: Actually, they don't even have Charlie Pride, but they have
0: Ray Charles. Ray Ch- Ray Charles. Hey, y'all know. Stop trying to act like Will. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, just so, so people know, Beyonce's new album, Act Two, is going to be released March 29th. It's the second part of Renaissance. Uh, it has a country rock theme. Uh, one of my favorite country songs ever, Daddy Lessons by Beyonce. I love it. Beyonce, she stuck That's her- It's a country song? Daddy Lessons is definitely a country song. I gotta so. hear
1: I'm not. I don't know. You never heard that record before? I don't think so.
0: That's a crazy record. That record is dope. What's the album? That's on Lemonade.
1: Oh, then maybe I have. But I definitely don't remember a country. But go ahead. Yeah, that, that you
0: never heard uh, My daddy said shoot.
1: Red-headed when man came
0: around. And the bad man came to town. My daddy said shoot. All right. An eye back to the world. Uh, as Americans descended into the depths of normalized warfare and consumerism, there was actual warfare taking place last night.
2: Mm.
0: Um, the Rafa offensive is happening in Gaza right now as we speak. Now, when I say the Rafa offensive, I mean the bombing of the southernmost large city in uh, the Gaza Strip, a city where Palestinians were specifically told to evacuate to as Israel began its offensive in the north. Right now in Rafa, a place that normally held about two hundred to 250,000 people, um, which is very close to the border of Egypt down there, the Rafa crossing you hear people talk about. Um, there are about 1.4 Palestinians living there. And they are under bombardment from IDF artillery. And if you are watching or paying attention to uh, intelligence, to troop movement, and to some of the musings that are coming out of the area, Israel seems to be um, gathering itself, preparing itself for a ground offensive in Rafah, which has been. Roundly and uniformly condemned by various members of the international community, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, um, other neighboring states in the Gulf, along with the European Union. And right here, the United States of America have all warned Egypt, excuse me, warned Israel against a prolonged ground invasion, an aggressive uh, operation in Rafah. But Netanyahu seems undaunted. Donnie, give me some sound.
6: Quote, the family's request to immediately meet with the members of the cabinet and hear if it is still committed to the release of the abductees or whether the power to run negotiations should be transferred to a party that sees itself as committed to saving their lives. So let me understand your priorities. What is the higher priority at this moment? Totally eliminating Hamas or saving the lives of those hostages and getting them freed? They're not mutually exclusive.
0: The reason we succeeded in uh, getting 110 hostages out,
3: that's half the hostages, is because we applied military pressure. Not because we stopped applying them, but because
0: we applied it. Look, I think the families of the hostages are in a terrible bind. I mean, it's, uh, it just tears your heart out to listen to them and to think about what their uh, relatives are going through. I'm committed to getting them out. We'll make every effort. Uh, It requires pressure, and pressure has worked, and pressure will work again. That's Netanyahu essentially saying that uh, in order to uh, remove the rest of the Hamas militants that they believe to be in Gaza, he has to continue a pressure campaign, and that pressure campaign means bombardments of Rafah. Sixty-seven Palestinians were killed in Israeli airstrikes and sea attacks on Rafa early on Monday. Um, Of course, those are attacks that were happening during the time that the game was on. Um, Look, Joe Biden has said that without a credible and executable plan that they shouldn't go in. He's said uh, that he believed that the response of Israel in this entire conflict and war um, against Hamas has been over the top. But Israel, led by its increasingly unpopular and hawkish um, prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, seems undaunted. And they seem like their mission, according to them, is to wipe Hamas from the face of the planet. And
1: by any means necessary,
0: it doesn't matter. It seems that if there is collective punishment involved in that. If there is collateral damage involved in that, we're talking about 28,000 people, according to the Gaza Health Ministry, uh, 12,000 children. And now people specifically being bombarded in a place where they were told to evacuate for safety. Now, I watched uh, another interview in that same interview with Benjamin Netanyahu. I watched the entire thing. When asked where the people who are now in Rafa, living in a tent city down there, should go, Netanyahu said to evacuate back to the north places that the IDF has already cleared. The problem with that is that those places have been demolished. Mm -hmm. So unless there is some far-reaching international uh, effort to build uh, quick tent cities in those places, like we're talking about 85% of the infrastructure of the entire place gone. Right. So there's nowhere to go. Like this is the place where he told them to go and they're down there. And he says that he believes that there's still a couple of Hamas cells working down there. They've taken out, I think he said 19 of 24 or something like that. And he believes that they're down there. And so they're going to bomb there and there will be a ground offensive, in my opinion, in Rafa. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. uh, They're going to go through with it.
1: It's okay. So when we started off talking in this Podcast, you were saying there's so many things that were going on during the Super Bowl. It was wild to be watching the Super Bowl and then for somebody to say, hey, they're bombing Rafa right now, like Israel's bombing. While we're all distracted with Beyonce and Taylor and Chiefs and the Niners and the Super Bowl, which is such a huge American tradition, this is what's happening right now in the other part of the world. As you were talking, it was making me think of, and you kind of said it, it's like, When they were bombing Gaza, when they first, you know, after October 7th, and they went in there, you know, to attack Hamas, and there was this major outcry about being a humanitarian, and the people um, that live there, and how they're innocent, these innocent civilians are getting caught up in this, Israel always said, well, they can go to Rafa like this is where they can go with. south this is where yeah like yeah. this is where they can go like they mm-hmm. can like we've built basically refugee camps for them is what they're making it seem we're we're giving humanitarian aid to them and as you were talking you made me think what if that was always the plan what if the plan was always we'll keep you here right because they're there they've destroyed pretty much the rest of Gaza there's no humanitarian aid in if. Out there, even if they do leave and say, "Okay, well now you're not bombing here. We'll go here." How do they have any type of life? There's nothing there for them. There are. There's already starvation happening right there at the south of it, and the north. Everything has completely been obliter- obliterated. But it makes me wonder: was the plan always to move them there? They can't go into Egypt, so they The that city is bordered by Egypt that they can't go into. Was the plan always to trap them there?
2: Huh.
1: and complete I, I, I'm obviously I'm speculating that has not been said but as I'm listening to you talk it's I wonder because he's made it very clear whether he outright says it or implies it that by any means necessary he even said only continued military pressure until total victory uh-huh. that is it he says they're not they're mutually exclusive or do you say they're not mutually exclusive whatever it is his goal is to completely wipe it out so and it makes me wonder was it your point To trap so that they're there. And, you know, because it's always Hamas is is, is there, there are hostages in there. I don't know how much of that is true or not, but the excuse of why we have to do this is because this is where Hamas, Hamas is, who we're trying to take out. But I feel like they're stuck and trapped there and they've made it to where there is nowhere else to go. Even him saying going to the North, there's no detailed plan of how you're going to properly move these innocent civilians to the North and how they will be provided for. There's nothing or how they'll have any chance of survival. you're just saying it in such a flippant manner, but there's no plan of action. They're trapped
0: so a couple of things to me
1: and Egypt's threatening if they if they do this to uh break their treaty
0: yeah no egypt uh Egypt has uh, skin in the game in terms of there's a couple of things from from Egypt's uh perspective number one, they don't want to deal with the refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. But number two, if we're being honest, Egypt also doesn't want to deal with any more um, Islamic militants that could be hiding amongst the population that's there in Southern Gaza that would then join with Islamic Brotherhood factions that exist in Egypt um, that have been giving them a a lot of trouble for a long time. Uh, They blew up a plane some years ago. Um, And so Egypt is looking at this Twofold. Number one, they don't. The first thing is they don't want to deal with the refugee crisis, and there's uh, a cultural um, and ideological, if you ask me, allegiance with a lot of the people that are there in the South now. They just don't want this to happen to them. And number two, they don't want an influx of people, some who they might deem to be bad actors, or not even bad actors that are already bad actors. But you'd have to, you'd have to think that some of these people have been radicalized even more so than they might've already been because of what's going on. And then Egypt is is going to have to deal with them. The only way to solve this problem is justice. And justice is the one thing that Benjamin Netanyahu Netanyahu seems to not care about for Palestinians. The only way to solve this problem is justice. That's the only way that you can solve it, right? Um, He's been very forthright about rejecting the two-state solution, which if people don't know, the two-state solution is obviously... A uh, Jewish state and a uh, Palestinian state, Israel and Palestine, living side by side, um, with the right of self determination for the Palestinian people, both in Gaza and in the West Bank. That in there's a lot of things, including in that, uh, it might be the expulsion of the over eight hundred thousand illegal settlements. Um, excuse me, not eight hundred thousand settlements. Eight hundred thousand people that are living in the West Bank right now in settle, settlements that are illegal according to international law. Um, People that live in the Bantustan system there in the West Bank that don't have a good way to get around, um, where there are settlements, there are towns that are non-contiguous, there's no way to really get from the West Bank to Gaza in a good way. You can't can't leave, you can't come back. Uh, There are four different types of ID cards. Your life as a Palestinian living in that region um, is anything but free. And that's me being as charitable as I can be to the entire situation. The two-state solution was the best solution for a lot of people. There have been a lot of different attempts to make that a reality. They've all fallen through. I think with what we saw on October 7th, there are many people in Israel at the top, I would say, because there are vast, vast disagreements inside of Israel about the way this should be going and how this should be handled. And the Likud's and Benjamin Netanyahu um, are increasingly becoming unpopular as they increasingly become unwilling to prioritize hostage return in this entire situation. They are prioritizing military operation mm-hmm. when there are a lot of people back in Israel. Their protests and you know the families are being very loud about the fact that they want their loved ones returned and they want hostage negotiation prioritized. But there's a military action to be done, and that's what Netanyahu seems to be preoccupied with. Um, Netanyahu said he doesn't want this two-state solution. Right. He said that the two-state solution cannot happen right now because he doesn't believe that the Palestinians are responsible enough to live next to the Israelis. In the same interview that I watched, he said, well, what does that mean? Does that mean the Palestinians having a standing army? Does that mean the Palestinians being able to buy weapons from Iran? Does that mean this? Does that mean that? And yeah, it means all of that. When you have, not specifically buying weapons from Iran, but when you have the right to defense and self-determination, when you have the right to protect your lives, that means you must have the means to do it. That means all of that. A state is a state. That's what it is. It's a state. And states have militaries. States have weaponry. States have armies. States have governments. And if you're talking about giving people freedom or letting them have freedom, then yeah, they're going to they're gonna need all of that stuff. He says that it's not a secure enough, he doesn't believe in the population um, enough for them to be able to have that. Okay. The other um, option is one Israeli state where all of those people become citizens. Right? Israel from the river to the sea. Fine, cool. One person, one vote. That'll never happen.
1: Oh, He already said he can't live next to them.
0: Well, it'll never happen because the demographics don't work. Yeah. There are so many people that if you actually have a state that is not an ethno state where um, Jewish supremacy is codified, then it there might be a point where it's not a land for Jewish people. Right, right. Because one person, one vote, then... You never know. You'd have to negotiate all those things. It's not. So the question is, is there anything left for Palestinians besides slaughter? And I'm asking that question. I'm really being no, I know. as uh, honest about it as I can be. Is slaughter the only option for Palestinians? And I would ask everyone that, that cares about this and cares about justice, I would ask my friends who are Zionists, I would ask, I would ask, is there anything other than slaughter that's available? So we're saying a two state solution doesn't work. A one state solution doesn't work. Uh, There doesn't seem to be any humanitarian options that, that work, right? UNRWA has been defunded. So aid, schools, all that, none of that stuff works is there anything, is there any option other than slaughter? And if there is an option other than slaughter, explain to me how we're going to get there. And the leadership of the United States of America, NATO, people in the European Union, everyone in the Gulf states, I'm talking about the Sunni states, the Shia states, who are vastly different in terms of the way they want to deal with Israel. All of these people should be asking this question of Israel because once again, I'm not lobbing any huge and large accusations here. What I'm saying is what seems to be being said is the only option is to kill as many as we can. Because when I say as many as we can, I want to understand it's implicit that in order to kill Hamas people, to kill Hamas terrorists, that you have to kill some civilians. So it doesn't matter whether or not you're doing it on accident or on purpose. It really doesn't matter. It, I know it feels like it matters, but it really doesn't matter. It, it, you, it doesn't matter whether or not you're doing it on accident or on purpose. It's like, sure, we're doing the best we can. I get it. But like 12,000 dead kids is 12,000 dead kids. If you trust the numbers from the, from the Palestinian health ministry. They say that those are Hamas numbers. There's no way. There's no way to when you get into a situation where there's no way to have accountability and there's no way to have discussion, then you're in a no win situation. You're like you're just in a no you're in a no win situation. Well, I can't talk to you about it and I can't hold you accountable. I got to let you do what you do. So, you're in the north, go south. You went south. Now they're killing you in the south. We'll go back north. There's nothing north to go back to. Okay? Well, what about, should we start talking about two states? Well, no, we can't talk about two states. We don't want to more Hamas for October 7th. Cool, fine. All right, so then what happens to the Palestinian people? They have no homes to live in, right? They have, right, right. They have no homes to live in. Like, Rafah's about to be bombed out. You're going to have a refugee crisis of epic proportions. These other states around there are not going to take them because they have their own internal problems, some of which are structural, some of which are cultural, Right? It's like they're they're they're. I, I'm sorry to say this, and I know that I don't want to be hyperbolic, but they're culling them. Like it it it, it is there any? And, and I would love to. And I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs>
1: I I don't know what you're asking valid questions, which is why this has been such a fight for so many years. Nobody has the answer. Other than war, not that that's the answer, but I'm just saying that just seems fighting seems to be the only thing that actually does get done. Here's my question Do you think that, because you talk about is the only way slaughter? Here's my question. Which People in general? Or are you specifically talking about the Palestinians? Because of what's happening right now, people are upset. I said earlier, Egypt is, is potentially talking, if they keep bombing uh, to the Rafa, uh, Rafa crossing, like Egypt's talking about possibly like breaking their treaty and doing something. Will it involve other people where they join in the fight and there's just slaughter, period? Well, I mean, the, so— Like—
0: the reason why okay let's take Israel, the let's take the, the situation in Ukraine right let's take the situation yeah. in Ukraine So and by the way if you look at this holistically and I don't claim to be an expert on on geopolitics I read I stay up on stuff whatever this unilateral action the world to be damned this is learned behavior the United States has been guilty of this The United States has 9-11 happen. They build a flimsy coalition based on bullying, and then they go in and they take over the countries they want to take over. Like, had our post-9-11 action been actually about trying to uh, uh, root out Al-Qaeda and kill Osama bin Laden, um, if we use a scalpel instead of a meat cleaver, are... Moral standing on this issue could probably be a lot different. But we often don't ask permission before we go into a nation and, you know, laterally take action to affect the type of uh, military end that we deem. We drone. We break humanitarian and international law. So you get into a situation now where this is politically non-viable for the administration here now. And I think that has a lot to do with why they are applying the type of pressure that they're applying. But from a moral standpoint, they don't really have much of a leg to stand on because the the reality is, like, if, if I'm the Israeli brass, I say we have more of a need to go into Gaza than you did to go into Iraq. We have more of it. Like you put together a a murder board and connected all of these dots that weren't really true, and then bullied your friends to help you out, and then you went in there and did this right. Like we know that people did something, and then they went back over here. So you can't really tell us what we're going to do and not going to do to to defend our people. So the United States is in a bad position philosophically to to challenge Israel on this because we've been such bad actors in the world. The reason why I asked the question about slaughter is because if you take the situation in Ukraine, right? Well, if you're Ukrainian, if you're Zelensky, if you're one of people, you know what their option is? Their option is to fight. And why is their option to fight? Their option is to fight because they're being funded by the West in order to fight. They're being funded by the West. They're being funded by the West to fight. They're fighting the people that have invaded their country. They're fighting them, okay? And so they're being given some agency to defend themselves. This situation is more tricky because this attack on October 7th was launched by Hamas, right? And whatever context you want to put it in, what happened on October 7th was disgusting, murderous, and abhorrent, right? So you got to get Hamas. You got to go to where Hamas is. You got you to gotta root out Hamas. You got to do it however you have to do it, whatever. My thing is this. No one is going to help the Palestinians fight Israel except for some Iranian groups, maybe some Lebanese groups, whatever. No major state is going to help them, right? No one can make Israel stop. No one can get humanitarian stuff in there because that's seen as an affront to what Israel is doing. The question is, what is there left to do? Like if, and you you ask this question to people who I have conversations with them and these are people that I'm talking to in good faith, like people who I believe to be good people, Right. And I'm asking them, okay, so the only way to do it is to just kill as many people as you can kill until you feel like you've killed enough people, you feel like you've done enough and then you stop. Well after you stop doing that, everything is gone.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: I watched a woman today that talked about her that her, 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 her child was killed. she said she will hate them until she dies, she'll hate them forever. Like, what is being accomplished here? Like, and, and so that's the only thing I'm asking. Like, when I see Netanyahu, he's so sure. And when I see Biden, he they're mimicking. I, I mean, the question is really, you're just, you're asking people just to sit back and just go, okay, just, all right, cool. Like, literally, you're asking the whole world to go, okay, cool, just kill as many people as you need to. And maybe that's the way it works geopolitically. I, I don't know. Just kill as many people as you I need mean, to. I
1: when you ask it like that, it's so upfront and harsh. It's like, wow. All
0: right. I mean, I'm just, I, I look, you guys, I certainly don't want to, but I'm just saying the offensive is going to happen in Rafa. There's like no place to go. You're literally pushing people. That's
1: what I'm saying.
0: To the, it's and it it's seems like, intentional. and it, it just, well. Certainly it's intentional. I mean, intentional,
1: but you know what I mean? I'm When I said, is this the, been the plan all along?
0: Yeah. And so like, I just, I just ask. like, I want to hear from people who are much more, cause we need to revisit this. Um, we haven't talked about it as much on the podcast. I want to hear from people who are much more educated on this than I am. I want to have talks here. And when we have these talks, man, I want you guys to understand that I can speak for Rachel and Donnie and Ashley, when I say that what we, the lens that we use here on Higher Learning when we discuss something is for the justice, safety, and agency for all people. Mm-hmm. That's whether you're a Jew living in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, or you're a Palestinian living in Rafa or Gaza City or Ramallah. So that's it. It's nothing more than that. This is state criticism of a state, not of a people. I don't know anyone who doesn't want the safety and security and agency uh, uh, of Jewish people. I don't know anyone who wants that. And I don't... But what I want to know is... Just... <laughs> How many kids got to die? Yeah. We'll take a break. All right. Masculinity, painting your nails with Demetrius Harmon. Good interview with my little brother, Meech. Um, My brother, Meach. I ain't little bro in him.
5: Um, My brother, Meech. Uh, next on Higher Learning. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
6: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. my mind and now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the hotels.com app whether you're looking for a family-friendly right all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices ratings and amenities side by side so start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app here on higher learning we've been talking about
0: issues of masculinity sexuality all the shualities here, okay. And a friend of mine, a really talented
7: young man, Mitch. How long we know each other now? Shit, I don't know. I feel like I met you when I first moved to LA or before, honestly. So it's going on six or seven
0: years. Yeah, six or seven years, man. Demetrius Harmon, uh, internet personality, actor, writer, poet. I first, uh, I first knew him because the skits were so hilarious. I'm like, God damn, this dude is talented. And since then, Meech's movement, You Matter, the hoodies, all of it, he's just upgraded to different levels every time. I see the You Matter hoodies all over the place. I have some. They are very comfortable and have a very important message. And I feel like, Meech, that um, first of all, welcome to Higher Learning. Thank you for joining hey, us on hi. Higher Learning. But I feel like that with all of the stuff you do, you're, you're also very meaningful to scores and scores and scores of young people who look up to you, which is why the conversation that you recently got on uh, got into on Twitter was so interesting to me. My first question for you is, nigga, you gay?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Well, you what, 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 it, what happened? So I saw this entire conversation happen Around a fashion choice that you make, a style choice that you make, you paint your nails, and then you you went on a long back and forth on Twitter talking with people about what that means, about sexuality, about masculinity. Just get us into it a little bit so we can open up the conversation. It's. I mean,
7: I I'm 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 a fucking I'm a I'm a Twitter guy. I'm a TikTok guy. You know what I mean? Like. I didn't do. I, I just joke. You know what I mean. So <laughs> I didn't expect that shit. to I have posted the video just because, like, I'm trying to get people to go to my TikTok because TikTok panics, you, know I mean? so like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I, uh, you know, I got the for you page and the following. I don't really be on Twitter just because, like, I don't like too much pointless discourse, mm-hmm. like back and forth. Like, yeah. I just see a lot of things where, I be like, y'all just have an opinion because it's. Something a topic is presented in front of you, you're wasting a lot of energy. As well as Twitter is paying niggas for interaction, so you see a lot of interaction baiting. So I get back on, and I see on my for you page like somebody quote tweet me like, "No, like y'all niggas, y'all ain't gotta act like this. boom. Like just say you gay and go about your day, bro." I'm like, "Oh, like I didn't realize this was even happening under my pulse or uh-huh. like being like such." So um, I want to say I started my day and like man, we talked about it like the last time with me and You did a podcast, but like where I am with like public opinion, like um people would think I'm transphobic for like a situation that happened. So I was debunking that. And that's when I saw the other thing. So it was just like a full day of just like open dialogue. But um I was speaking to that, saw that tweet and I was like, oh like this isn't a real thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't really argue with people, especially on the internet. It's usually for the sake of conversation or like when I do choose to share my opinion, it's something I very much are like, Not I feel strongly about, but it's like, this is stupid. You mm. know what I mean? And so like, I just kept being called, gay. I'm like, that doesn't bother me at all. You know what I mean? But like, why is that where you're like I'm more so asking the question, I want you to further explain yourself of like, yeah, this this nail like paint on my fingers is where you are like, no, nah, that's not man. You know what I mean? And I, I see, like, a lot of, like, tweets or, like, comments in my, uh, in a video on IG where it's, like, man y'all niggas, oh, geez, boom, boom. You feel me? Like, where I was raised, you feel me, is, like, a man take care of his, his lady, take care of his mom, be somebody the children in your family can look up to, you take care of the bills, you make sure everything's good, and you work hard, and you're responsible, and you, you feel me? Like, a trustworthy person. That's what a man is. Anything else is just extras. You know what I mean? And, like, again, it's Twitter. There's people I don't know. I don't really give a fuck about the opinion, but it's more so just like... The intellectual exercise. To, you said what? The intellectual exercise of it. Yeah, it's like, it, like... I'm sending a tweet out and rubbing my dog and, and I'm on a smoker, bro. I'm, like, it's really not <laughs> the thing that bothered me, you feel me? It was just more so like again, like you said, it's people that look up to me um, that may not have the same like mental fortitude to where I actually don't affect them you know what I mean like I seen somebody that followed me like I'm a gay masculine presented man you feel me like and I don't want to pay my bills but I get shit for it you know what I mean like you made me feel like I'm going to do this and it's like straight you know what I mean so I'm going to defend y'all I'm going to defend this for y'all you feel me I don't really need to explain myself to like a nigga with an AI Twitter picture you feel me <laughs> <Like, laughs> like, they're they not making or, or breaking my day you know what I mean bills still getting paid work still getting done, people in my, my life, my family, like people in my family, people I love, still like love and accept me for whoever I decided to present myself as that day. And so, like, again, I said in a tweet, I'm like, I take care of my lady, you feel me? I'm like, I'm a straight man, I'm gonna give you the facts. But then again, it's like, if I was gay, what would that take away from me being a man? Uh, you know, um, I, of course. and that was like the, let's talk about it, you feel me? Like, I'm not a part of the community, but I don't understand why a lot of our masculinity is represented in like um, all these toxic things still.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's changing too. And that's why I love what you said about someone reaching out and saying, Hey, you're making me feel more comfortable because I have two nephews. They paint their nails. They don't think anything of it. And it seems like this next generation, they look at it as art. Oh, this is my favorite color. Hey, I want to paint my nails. And there's no type of stigma that's tied to it. Um, But my question is, why do you think there seems to be a selective outrage? Because I feel like there's some men that nobody cares that they do it, right? Jason Momoa paints his nails. Nobody really says anything. Or at least I don't see it. Dwayne Wade paints his nails. Nobody really says anything. Oh,
7: they be on his ass. Do it? They be, on his ass. Yeah. they be on his ass
1: for other reasons, you know what yeah. I mean? For other reasons. But they be on D-Wade's so, ass, I so. think it's like t- Okay, we'll yeah. take him out. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Momoa, I don't really see people... And maybe because he's not black. I don't know. I'm asking you the question. Why do you think there's a selective outrage?
7: I think black people for a long time was only focused on like survival and now we got too much time on our hands. But I also think, like outside of black people, I think like men, if they don't aspire to be like that man in certain degrees, you know what I mean? Like Jason Moore, stocky dude. Lisa Bonet, you know what I mean? It's a whole lot of things, but you looking at him like, oh. So when you see the nail polish, it's like maybe I don't want to paint my nails, but he got his life going on. You feel me? And so I just think like, I don't know. It's definitely selective outrage, but it's just like it's pointless outrage, regardless. You know what I mean? Like it's not really making or breaking nothing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of outrage about me painting my nails. It's not enough outrage about me and like. Being misogynistic and things like that, because that's what's accepted. That's what makes you a man. It's like you know what I mean. So like, I don't know. It's strange, but I, I do think it's more so in the black community. I would say it's, it's definitely a lot of in general being a man, but I would say like a large perspective of it is the black community.
0: Let me ask you a question. Ask me any question. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you're having a conversation, as as black men. Cause I do this too, right? Uh, and I, I, I would like to get everybody's opinion on this. Cause I do this too. When I'm defending members of the LGBTQ plus community, gay people, or whatever, I always feel the need to say I'm not gay. I do that. Do you? Really? Yeah, I always feel the need to say, "Hey, I'm not gay," but let me tell you, let me tell you about this and this and this and that. Do
7: why do we do that? Why do uh, yeah? I, I would say this is the first time I've ever stated that I'm straight. Oh, okay. I've never put the need to do so. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but also like I don't post my relationships. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it, it was just, hey, this is what it is. I'm not, and that's why I also put um, even if I was. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm not saying, being gay is a bad thing. That's that's why I, like I would say. If I was just like, no, I'm straight, bro. And then defend my choice. It's more so like, whatever you want to think of me or think I am, or like whatever sexuality you believe I have, let's put that on me as well as like, if you think I'm gay, what does that stop me from being a man? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I am straight, and I also do this thing. You know what I mean? But like, Why do you paint your nails? I love like art. Like right now, I got speaker box nails. Oh, I'll catch oh. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel me? Like, but it's just a way to express yourself. You feel me? It, it's been more healthy for me to do like my nails or like you. You see me? I was always having crazy ass colors in my hair.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You know what I mean, like coming from self harming, I would it would it was self harming. Then I would get a bunch of tattoos because it would replace that feeling like the pain therapy. But I always loved art. You feel me? I would draw my hands. I used to draw in school. You know what I mean? So like trying to have a healthier way to express yourself that also doesn't hurt yourself or leave you with like permanent, something permanent on your body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then feel I me, mean, I had birthday outfit, I'd get the matching nails with the fit. That should be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I had I, I had
3: it. I'm a I person.
7: Had, uh, Dennis Rodman inspired nails. So like all all the different types of like designs he had in his hair when I turned 23. I had like the '85 Jordans zone, you feel me? The Dennis Rodman, the other nigga, is Well, shit really, niggas can tell me, you know what I mean. <laughs> but like, it's funny until The video, like, at the end of the video, like, even, even the skits, like, we used we used to do, like, Me and Angela, uh, they all were improv. So I just you just turn the camera on you start talking. That's still how the videos are now. So I just start talking. I know I got 15 seconds. So at the end of it, I'm like, hold oh, time, little shorty, boom, I like calling it. Like, I'm not doing this to attract a woman. I'm doing this for myself, mm-hmm. you know. What I mean? But I'm like, it's funny. That, like, any negative feedback I've gotten in person, and it's never in person, things never are like this in person. But any negative feedback I get in the comments, or like, like, why you put your news? It's always a dude. And I'm like, this raises the question where it's like a dude is more concerned about what I'm doing than like a woman is either they like it, they don't like it. But if they don't like it, they don't say nothing. If they do, it's a compliment. You know what I mean? A dude is typically the one that's like coming out their body to like basically try to police. My masculinity, you know what I'm saying? Why do you think we do that to each yeah, other?
2: Yeah, that's what I
1: was
7: gonna say. Uh, I think it's a lot of our identity. Being a man is a lot of like a man's identity, and it's it for a long time it was very like uh, a small, narrow room of what makes a man. You know what I mean? It was like very stupid things, like gatherer, hunter. You know, provider. You know what I mean? Like I still like abide, not even abide by things that are toxic. It's just. As a man, I know, like, if I'm out with my lady, like, I was raised by my mom, and my dad, southern grandma from Alabama, you feel me? I'm not gonna let her walk on that side of the street. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, those things is, if I'm not a man, if I protect you, you know what I mean? Like, that's my role in your life. But those are the things, you feel me? Nothing else. Literally nothing else, you know what I mean? It's like the, the positive things, though. You know what I mean? Protecting, providing, like, those things, make sure everybody's straight, like, Everybody say that's what being a man is to me, mm-hmm. and like has always been a steal to me of such. Huh.
1: We talk about gender roles a lot. We call them gender wars on this podcast. <laughs> and um, I, I, I guess going back to what I was saying with my nephews, do you think that certain gender roles are just going to exist always, like stereotypes? Yeah. Like no matter how hard you try, you fight for fifty-fifty equality. There's just certain things that are so embedded in us that. It, it, like you talking about walking on the outside of the street, you know, like that's that kind of stuff is just there. Do but do you see, going back to my nephews, do you see the tide changing a bit where people are loosening what the yeah. up what those roles are are? are?
7: Yeah, most definitely and like like <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my brother, I, I'm the youngest of uh three older brothers. And my my brother, he um his his son was like, yeah, I want a purse for Christmas. He's like, I see the Beach with a purse. And he like, I'm like, you can do whatever you want. But like my brother's reaction, like my brother's a, a hood street nigga, you know what I mean? And his reaction was just like, you're not old enough to be saying those things. Like in a sense of like, make the decisions, but know why you're making decisions. Don't do it because you look up to your uncle and you want to be like him. And he like, ask him why he has a purse. Then he asked me why I got a purse. I was like, just to carry stuff, bro. Like, you know what I mean? But I was like, this is a Louis of the time. I'm not going to walk. If I need to carry my laptop, I'm going to get a JanSport backpack. I'm like, do you want to carry stuff or do you want to, like, is this a fashion thing? I just want to carry something? Like, you get a backpack, get a fanny bag. You know what I mean? That opens up his eyes to it. But I maybe say five, six years ago, if I wasn't, like, so comfortable being who I am, not even the influence on, like, my nephew, you know what I mean? The influence on my brother to be open to things. You know what I mean? Like, my brother is open to a lot more things as well as like viciously defensive of me when anybody approaches him with any like malicious intent or malicious thought about the way I choose to carry my life um that might not have fell down to his kids you know what I mean that type of patience or allowing to be themselves you know what I mean like I think if, the, if, if my nephew wanted a purse and it was really like I just want a purse he would have got a purse but I think the ability to to allow him to think for himself as well as like further had a conversation of just like, what is it that you want to do with yourself? You know what I mean? I think that it's, it's safer because no one's hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and no one's being stopped to be who they are. When you, when you can't be yourself or at least think for yourself, you know what I mean? Like without the exterior consequences of like what people think of you. um, it just eats you up a lot. Yeah, for sure.
1: It makes me think about the color pink. Like, remember growing up, it was like, you can't, men cannot wear pink at yeah. all. And then Cameron came out and it just changed the conversation.
7: And niggas wanna be Cameron. So
0: like, oh, yeah, I Cameron. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of this stuff is pretty arbitrary, but we are so girded up about it. Yeah. Like, we're so serious about it. Like, it, I. It was people that was saying Meach was part of the agenda. When did you make the decision to be a part of the agenda? How did they approach you? <laughs> did they? Did they? When? When they was? When they were inducting you into the agenda? Because they haven't come to me yet to be a part of it. But when they were inducting you to be a part of the agenda, how does that work? Like, what do they do? Did they come to That's you?
7: The fuck up. <laughs> 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 no, but the shit is crazy too. Like. For me, you feel me like, man, I, I'm just a regular nigga that just, it just worked for me, You know what I mean? Like, I just so happened to have a phone, like, right. Like, the generation I mean, born 1998 is like, I remember having Jesus a computer Christ. Room. I remember having dial up. I, you know what I mean? But like, I also, Instagram came out when I graduated from 8th grade. So I got to see it from its beginning we weren't getting money. I remember seeing creators just on YouTube to be a creator and there's maybe 30 people that are getting paid from YouTube and it's a thousand creators. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, it's always been seemed very normal for me. This wasn't like my career path. You know what I mean? It just happened and worked. But I was growing up through it. I was growing up with social media. You know what I mean? Like I was becoming and going through my adolescence through social media being a thing. Like Vine came out when I was in eighth grade. It mm-hmm. got deleted when I was 12. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, like, um, just a regular nigga. You know what I mean? Like, that, it, it, but I'm larger in life to some people because they see a million followers or they see a verified check. You know what I mean? Or, like, boom, boom. But it's like, bro, I come back home. I'm, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I'm from Joy Road in, in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like, How do I'm the really... guys?
0: How do the guys in Detroit, when you're out on the street, how do they react to your nails being painted? I don't even notice my
7: nails being painted. <laughs> Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But it's love. You feel me? This is my city I'm from. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of niggas know me. Like, they know my family. You know what I mean? So, like, like I said, it's not even, like, like tough guy shit, but it's just, like, a lot of this shit does not happen in person. It won't ever happen in person. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just, it's just funny to me, like, the just position of like, yeah, like, no, I'll paint my nails, but, like, I'm not the nigga that you're going to, like, approach and be on the bullshit with. You know what I mean, and that's just because, in the sense of, it's jokes. Like I'm you're sparking niggas
4: Still talk
0: your shit. Cause you're running. Cause just, you got the you got the fucking eight on you, bro. You're
7: sparking niggas. <laughs> and that's not like threat type shit, but it's just like, like I said, like the demeanor of a man. You know what I mean? Like you have to approach me correctly. You have to approach people around correctly. You gotta respect what we got going on. You know what I mean? If you don't, like. Not even like, oh, you're to your hand, you're gonna get packed up my blood. It's just like, you're not going to allow it to even enter that space. You feel me? Like, but that again, it's like, you take me painting my nails and you decide I'm not a man. And if you try to like approach it from that perspective, it's not going to work because like the, none of those things should be an indication of such. Right. Of course. You know what I mean? Right. And so that allows you to completely ignore who I am as a person and who I present to you for me to be, like in the full spirit of things. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: I think you should do more videos like this. I know you said that this <laughs> isn't your thing. You do TikTok, you don't really do opinion based, but look at the beautiful conversation we're having and all the dialogue that was on Twitter. You should do more of this. You should do more. I
7: might. It. I might.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, you yeah. know what?
7: It's, yeah. it's funny. It's funny. I just don't do opinion shit because I'm like, y'all opinions are so, like, my opinions. I'm like, y'all niggas stupid. Like, and um, they
2: are.
7: <laughs> and it's like, it's, 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 I was telling Ben. I was like, cause, cause because of the 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 this particular situation I'm in with like, You Matter being such an uplifting brand. And like, that's my whole thing. You know what I mean? that's I just want safe space for everybody. But if niggas is also like weirdo broke shit, I'm going to call you a weirdo broke nigga. But then it's like, bro, I thought you said you matter. You know what I mean? So I, <laughs> I just try to keep my opinions to myself because they can be harsh. You know what I mean? And it's like, let me not get to going on my flow too crazy. You feel me? But like, I be looking at the shit things be saying. I'm like, this is stupid. Y'all are stupid. Y'all got shit going on for y'all. but you stupid. know what?
0: You you should come out with a different hoodie, and it could be <laughs> all kinds of weird. I'm serious. It says, "Not you don't matter. You don't matter." Some of y'all crazy.
2: don't. Some of y'all you don't should, matter. It should just say, <laughs> "It should
0: say weirdos matter too." <laughs> I will buy that because the weirdos look. Here's the thing about the people out here that's like flying the flag of what you think masculinity is. First of all. I just have to be honest with you. And I don't want to go too deep. You have an incredibly yeah, incredibly western european idea of yeah. what masculinity is. And I it's do this funny. all the time. I, I do so this all funny. the I, I do this all the time. I was like, "Yo, my man, you say painting your nails is for uh is, is for women. What if I can show you egyptians that are doing it? What if I can show you what what if I can show you all of the stuff that you say? You say wearing a wraparound, the skirt is whatever. What if I can show you Africans and all of these different people that are doing this? What if I tell you it was a white man who dressed you up in pants and did you all of this stuff and told you all of this stuff was masculine and this stuff? What if I told you that? If I showed you this, would you then? No, you wouldn't because you're trying to be a man in the eyes of what you think is a man, which is a white man. You're trying to be a white man. It's his idea of masculinity that you aspire to. I don't even want to get into that because
7: then you become like the Tim Timbuktu nigga. It's just true. <laughs> oh, but it's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, nigga, I, we was playing fly football and, uh, man, because <laughs> my brother put me hip to like the Willie Lynch book like a while ago like, when I was like, in high school. And, uh... It's not real. This like is playing like behind us. You feel me? And, uh, you just hear it. They should have dark black ass up, and he's like, "Light skin But I'm like, "Oh, this is still, this is still present." <laughs> I don't know how, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but this shit is terrible. You know what I mean? But it's like, I talk to people a lot, like even like right now with Black Black History Month, like, uh, mm-hmm. and like handling where you matter. Like, I talk, I speak a lot about like the insecurity we have of like not having and knowing our heritage and it's like our, our lineage. You know what I mean? Like That whole thing are being stripped away from us and like having to make a culture from the ground up. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we got taken away from our homes. Mm-hmm. And then when we make something that's good enough and it's marketable, it gets taken away from us. You know what I mean? So now the country is not ours. Now the blues are not ours. You know what I mean? It's like the complete cycle over and over again. It's like, what really is the identity to be Black? You know what I mean? What does it really mean? As well as like, the history of America, um, not removing the indigenous people, but like when people from outside of America think about America, it's black and white and everybody else kind of came over and was able to keep their story, their legacy, their heritage intact. You know what I mean? Like there's traces, they can trace back where they come from and be able to like still feel like they're representative or not representative. You know what I mean? Like I went to Dearborn High, which is Dearborn is the highest... Uh, Arab Muslims. Arab Arab Americans, yeah. Yeah, and so man, it'd be toxic, but it'd be like, no, you disgracing our culture. And like, they can look back and they can look at the Quran and it's not like, if you're Muslim, a lot of Muslims, a majority of Muslims are Arab. You know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. to say that there's not other Muslims from other cultures or other races, but how many different races and cultures are Christian? You know what I mean? So when we look toward that book, that's a lot of black people are Christian. It's like, what does this really represent for us? You know yeah. what I mean? It's not even, a, that's not even ours. You know what I mean? And so, just that whole thing. is just like, how much of this shit is ours? Yeah. yeah. what are you, what are you subscribing to? You know what I mean? That's why like, I said, like my heroes was, my dad, my mom, you know what I mean? My mom taught me how to be gentle like, with a woman and with myself. My dad taught me like, what it means to really be a man. You know what I mean? Like, I just seen this nigga come home, bloodshot eyes after driving a truck for 12 hours. Like, I give that same work ethic to the social media shit. You know what I mean? Like, if this is what I'm choosing to do, then, like, give it your all. And you can't, just because it's 11 p.m. and, you, you know what I mean, your team ain't win in the NFC. You know what I mean? You still got to work. You know what I mean? Because you got people that depend upon you. You've got people that look up towards you. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, being from Detroit. And that's, like, to me, what being a man is. Yeah, being, being
0: from Detroit he had to work through the losses because yeah. that's all that there were. Um, so, you know, his team was losing every Sunday. So he <laughs> had to show... Like you said you, like, you he, you he, talk he, talk he Like, he's, he, he, had to, he had to be resilient. So shout out to him. Last question <laughs> for me. Because I remember... I remember when I was dating a girl, Paulette Gray, and...
1: Why do you always name him?
0: Cause it's funny. Cause, she,
7: Cause she'll hear, she'll hear this and she'll remember.
0: Name um, drop is and so this was the first one that was really like, you know, I remember she looked at me one time and she was like, she was like, Van you're, you're, you're too cute for your nails to be dirty and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh, like you care about that. She was like, yeah, you should get, you should clean your nails and you should like make sure your nails are up kept. Yeah. So I remember I went and I got the whole nail thing done. I got a manicure this is like '98, so I'm like, this is before. You know what I'm saying? This is the year you were born. So this is like, ha, it's funny. Ha, I ha. laugh because I, I
7: just know the time. Like, just, I just know. Like, nah, you like because I this morning. nigga old. Oh, 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 I was a senior. <laughs> you Are you old, born? Digga.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Oh, nigga. so thirty-seven. So, so, I'm forty-three. Shut the fuck up, Meech.
7: Like it, I gave you. It, hey, look. <laughs> I
0: can't gave you. I gave you more life left. <laughs> I wait, um. So. I remember I go and I get the uh the manicure or whatever and the lady giving me the manicure she goes, "Do you want clear polish?" And I was like, "Sure. Like why not?" And she put the clear polish on my shit. And <laughs> I remember looking at it like, "Oh my god. This is beautiful." <laughs> I was like, look at me, bro. I was like, I I swear to God, I was like, oh my God. I was like, look at me. And I'm going around, you know, I go over to her house and she's looking at my niche. I'm like, look. I'm like, yeah, that shit is crazy, right? And I'm feeling the best about it. I get home. My dad comes in. My dad goes, what? Come here. He's like, huh? well, you a shiny nigga, huh? I was, <laughs> I was like, he was like, oh, I see. I got a, I got a shiny nigga in here. All right, nigga. Don't shine too much now. That's all he said. And like, he let it go. He's like, don't shine too. He's like, don't shine too much. He was just like, you know, my dad would say to me, all right, man, that's enough of that. I, can't, I tell people all that all the time. But like, and the question is, I'm asking is like, for me, don't shine too much. Now it's hilarious. He's like, don't, don't shine too much, nigga. Like, the question for <laughs> me is you just said something, because even in that, he didn't tear me apart for the clear fingernails or whatever. He just, that was his way of doing it. He would always be like, I right, Van, cool, just not too much of it. Whatever it was, he'd be like, just because he knew he knows I overindulge. A part of my confidence and a part of my sense of self, and this is so unfair to so many brothers what I'm about to say, is cause I had a father. And I had an example in my home of somebody that didn't give a shit about anything else other than their priorities. Like I had somebody was right there every day that gave me an example and the proximity to someone who was just like, this is what counts in the world. And this is what doesn't count in the world. He was like, you can go out there to be fake tough. You'll be real dead. He was like, he, he was just show me ways to, I just, it just came from him. And so I would get out there and people would do whatever they do and say whatever they say. And it was really only one one guy's opinion who mattered, right? It was really only one guy who, who. it's because I was so close to him. It'd be like, I'd laugh, I, I nigga. Like whatever it was, how much of your fortitude and how strong you are comes from the fact that, You had a father, that you had somebody right there whose opinion mattered, who you know made you matter. When you look at somebody and you say you matter, you know that you matter because a man, a black man, made you feel like you mattered because he took care of you and poured into you and all of that stuff. And so many of the brothers that I see and I listen to now, yo, man, they're getting their masculinity from hip hop. They're getting their masculinity from their gang. they go and find a father somewhere. And a lot of these father figures that they're making for themselves are just wholly insufficient. They just don't. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> it, 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 the, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not the right thing because some of these guys haven't even found their manhood yet. How much of your confidence comes from the fact
7: that you had a dad at home with you, you think? I'll probably say a lot of it because, like, me and my dad, we wasn't on good terms, like, a lot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? My dad's my dad's dad passed when I think he was 12. Um, so we was good. And when I got 12, he's like, fuck, I don't know how to do this. Right. And, like, I'm the I'm the more complicated kid I've been along with mental health issues. You Same. know what I mean? The artsy kid that's on the computer all day. Same. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Photoshop. You know what I mean? <laughs> like,
2: I'm
7: the one that don't want to play with the neighborhood kids. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm the one that grew up in the house when we moved out the hood. You know what I mean? So, like. It was a bit of he didn't understand me. It was a bit of like, I don't even know how to do this, as well as like, like I guess I have three other brothers. He raised my brothers, but I'm his first biological child. He has another one now, my younger brother. I always try not to exclude him. But um, it's different raising your blood. You know what I mean? So yeah, he sure. raised it through 12, through 18. But it's like, oh, I don't wanna fuck you up at all. So he was just on me, you know what I mean? And we did like a documentary where we talked to like the trauma and stuff like that. But I told him, I'm like, nigga, you may have like abused me or anything like that, but I ain't never seen you not take care of our family. You know what I mean? I ain't never seen you not when it come down to it, just be focused on making sure we good, making sure we eat. nigga. I ain't never had a day where I eat. You know what I mean? I would have seen you be stressed out on some, like Christmas might not be how Christmas was, mm-hmm. but you was prioritizing, making sure we was good. You know what I mean? Like, and, I would say the second part for me is having a mom that really accepted me. Mm. I'm really like saw that I was like a sensitive child, you know what I mean? And like she never got mad at me for crying. You know what I mean? Where it was times my daddy'd be like, what fuck you crying about? And that would be like his frustration and <sighs> anger of like, nigga, what the fuck is wrong now? Oh my god, god. bruh. Like me, bro. I would damn near go toe toe with this nigga, like, bro, you tweak it out, he's overwhelmed, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like my mom took me to borders, like so I can get the books I was interested in. It never made me feel like weird for reading Naruto. You know what I mean? But I would say even now as an adult, um, and like still like a fresh adult, you know, I'm 25. Um, I would say that support system still is there and still is very important. Cause like I've been known on social media, I would say like to it's, like where it's been to a weird height. Where a lot of people are coming in at once, and I gotta be able to like just go away with them. Since I was eighteen, you know what I mean, and like that's not really something anybody can prepare you for. Like my dad can be like, "Yeah, just then fuck him. you know what I mean. Like he don't really he never been in these shoes, you know what I mean, but he do know what it feel like to get lost in like the thoughts of everybody else and in the opinions of everybody else. My mom, you know, my friends. I would say I have a really good support system. And it's, it, it's not even like they have to say anything. It's just right. like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody love me for me. You know what I mean? Like, in the comments, like, when I, like, because I repost, I I, I screenshot I repost on my Instagram. Just, especially when it's stuff about, like, my character. Like, I'm not going to defend against me being straight or gay. That it changes nothing for who I am. You know what I mean? But if you're like, oh, like, Meach is homophobic, or, oh, Meach scammed me. And I'm like, that didn't happen. Let me clear this. Mm-hmm. Those are the things I'm gonna always like sit on top of and be like, this is not what we're gonna do. You feel me? But in the comments to that when I posted on IG, like one of my homegirls was like, it's funny that like you get on social media, and all people who talk shit about you. But like that people that have the blessing of knowing you love you to death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's all that, matter to that, me, all that matters. To me, that's all that matters. Yeah, this is the reality of the situation. You know what I mean? Like these are the people that are showing up.
2: Mm-hmm. You
7: know what I mean? Like, it's real. There's real love or real consequence, you know what I mean, with the people that are actually in my life. Like, and the type of person I am, I, I don't really argue. Like, I don't, I'm not mad at any of these niggas that saying all this crazy shit. You feel know I me? Mean? Like, I, I've been anybody DMs and be like, let, let me give you my perspective. You give me your perspective. Maybe we can. I, I do it too. Rachel hates We can share perspective. All right, all right, all right, all right. Rachel hates it.
1: Don't Meet message you. me. We're
7: going to let you get out of <laughs> here, bro.
0: We need some new, new mad, uh, you matter stuff, bro. Next time you, you hey, look, look at it, look at this. I stuff. gotta
1: get some. Yeah, Rachel Yay. gotta get
0: some. She need a bro. You
7: ain't got no hair though, man. I ain't gonna send you to sad a satin joint.
0: This is satin line. Okay, Meech.
1: Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Gonna send you a regular.
0: But Meech, first <laughs> of all, I don't have no. You say I don't have no hair, but let me tell you what's happening. Bosley, not Bosley, nigga. Bosley's not gonna help what I, the situation I got. You about to get a toupee? Nah, <laughs> not that.
1: We did talk about that though.
0: March eighth. What? Zeering Medical in Beverly Hills. You're doing it? You get an implant? You get a transplant? You're doing it? My hairline coming back, baby. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck y'all niggas. You're doing and, it? And, wait, and,
1: wait. He told a story about the guy approaching him at the gym. Is that the guy?
0: The guy told me, the guy The guy approached me at the gym. The guy goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know, you have a decent head of hair. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? He goes, it's just a couple of spots. A couple of spots. And we, and you, a couple of spots, and it'll be done. It'll be done. And at first, I'm like, see, this is a good story. Cause at first, I'm like, man, what the fuck is this weirdo ass? Is? And I'm like, yo, listen to it. Over, of course, March 8th, bam, I'm ready. I'm ready. I
1: can't wait for you to take me through this process. It's going to be funny. Us through this process.
0: Yeah, and, and I, then I want my satin hoodie. Fuck you, Meach. <laughs> All right, you guys, that was Demetrius. <laughs> Demetrius Harmon. Thank you for joining us on <laughs> Higher Learning. Support his movement. Literally, I'm way older than him and his movement has gotten me through some tough times like in my life. Just a positive light, a, a, a positive guy, incredibly talented, I still want to put him in a movie and make him like a, a a a huge acting star, but we'll talk about that later.
7: Um, I got a lot of life left for me. Yeah. I know you going your spiel, you talk about how much you appreciate me. I want you to know growing up, we watch t m z every day, and for you to wear my shit on t v that meant a lot to me. My dog watched it, my mom watched it that's <laughs> really that's our ritual Aww. before bed. um so I really appreciate you being a stand- up dude. you know you, you got my heart anything. I'm always here. Um, But yeah, a lot of niggas are in opportunities to help other people or put other people on or just even shine a spotlight and they choose not to. And you have never chosen not to. So I appreciate that. Appreciate you, Miche. Thank you for joining us on Higher Learning, bro.
5: Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat. You can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7 Eleven, valid through 1725? 7 Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax. Participating US stores, see app for full terms, all rights reserved.
1: Are oh, you like him? I like them a lot. Very interesting. Good conversation. See, so like, that's the, that's like the, well, it wasn't really gender wars, but those are like the gender stereotype conversations we should have. You know, instead of us just going back and forth with each other, going at it, mm. me having to talk about, like, how toxic you are. Damn. And how, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> the gender wars were in full effect this weekend. Did you see that anonymous post?
1: Anonymous post where?
0: Oh, you didn't see this? I'm so tempted to, to, to pose this question to you. Ask me. Okay. So what was
1: this posted? It
0: was posted on the Instagram. I feel like the gender wars, they just... They Wait,
1: just, did you send this in the chat?
0: I, I, I might have.
1: That long paragraph?
0: Yeah. The credit scores. The credit scores and all of that. Just, yeah, yeah, that
1: was ridiculous.
0: Okay, just I just want to ask you, I want to ask you, since we got on it, real quick, gender wars, gender wars. This is it. I don't want everybody to think about it. Okay. Candice posted this. My wife's credit card... My credit score. My wife's credit score dropped significantly from 711 to 540 because she co signed for a car for her brother, which eventually got repossessed. When she asked me for advice before making this decision, I strongly advised against it, but she went ahead anyway. Fast forward to two years later, and my wife needed a new car after the motor of her current one gave out. She wanted to purchase a brand new 2024 Camry. However, due to her low credit score, she was only approved for an older model 2021 Camry to be exact. She was pissed because I wouldn't co-sign for her, even though I have an 812 credit score and we've co-signed for each other in the past. I was showing her she has to be held accountable for her poor decision. This led, to us, this led us both into another argument about our differences regarding how much risk is acceptable when helping family members financially by co-signing large purchases like cars. I told her that she was going to have to settle for the 2021 because she didn't take my advice initially. Was I wrong? Would you have giving in to helping her out? She told me that I was a selfish son of a witch. All comments are wel- welcome, MT.
1: This is wife, right?
0: This is wife, yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't punish your significant other because they didn't do what they told you, what you told them to do. Hmm. Like The lesson is she's already learned it. She wanted to do something for a family member. It affected her credit score. She's a bad credit score now. But then as your partner, you don't say, I told you not to do that. So now you got to suffer and settle for this. I'm not going to help you out. That's not what marriage is. It's not tit for tat. It's not, hey, you couldn't get this, make this, or I, you, know, you didn't do what I said. So why are you looking at me like that? I think I am so don't agree with him. Huh. Why are you looking at me? Marriage is about sacrifice. It's about compromise. Even if it doesn't have to be marriage, just a partner, a partnership, that's what it's about. And if you start a habit of, well, you didn't do this because I said this, and this is the result, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And that's how we handle conflict. That's our conflict resolution now. Well, if you don't do it the way I said to, or it didn't work out how I thought it would work out, then this is how we're going to handle it. It's unhealthy habits. This couple's probably not going to be together much longer. And he is selfish.
0: Obviously, I disagree. Obviously I disagree. I do. And let me do you tell you why. You think
1: that he's right for punishing her?
0: I don't think that he's I so this is what no, I That's what he did. This is what I would say. So it wouldn't the gender here doesn't matter.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: All right, this is what I would say. When we are married, if we're married together, union one, a financial decision that you make for you is a financial decision that you make for me. So if you come to me and you say, hey, I want to co-sign on a car for my brother. And I say, nah, I don't know this. Like, I'm assuming he knows her brother, whatever. Hey, I don't think you should do this. I don't think you should co-sign on the car for her brother. You say, hey, I got to do this, whatever I got to do. it." You make a decision to unilaterally co-sign for the car for your brother. Okay, cool. That's the decision that you've made.
1: Individually.
0: Individually. You've made that decision individually. Now you're asking... When he co-signs for her on this car, his credit's going to go down because he's, because he's not co- like that, but it doesn't matter.
1: His credit's not going to go down. It, it will necessarily like that. So much debt he has.
0: You're like your credit is going to take, well, he's taking on debt because hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, he's taking on debt because now he's taking on the debt of her car. Right? So my thing is, isn't, the accountability to me is not about punishment. I think sometimes people think punishment, accountability, and punishment are the same thing. Particularly, never mind, I even say that. I think I think punishment and accountability are not the same thing. I think accountability sometimes means just understand that you made a decision unilaterally that affected your credit. And now I am not going to make a decision that's going to affect mine. And if, we're, if our union isn't strong enough to where you're not going to take my advice on something that's going to affect both of us financially, why should it then be, if you're going to put yourself in that position, why should then I come back and say, okay, like, I'll get you out of it. Like, she decided she wanted to help her brother. That's the chance that she took when he said, hey, I don't think you should do that. We're married. Your credit problems are going to become my credit problems. It's the same. I w- look. My deal is okay. We let's not do that. Let's figure out a different way to help your brother. Like if let, it, let's. I don't think you should co-sign for a car for your brother. Can we afford to give him a little money on his down payment? Whatever. I don't think you should hook your credit to this guy. Whatever. But now you you say no, and then you ask for me to put my credit in jeopardy. After you didn't listen to what I said, you're not looking for a partner. You're looking for a savior.
1: So. Okay. Partner. Sometimes as a in a partnership, you bail the other person out, right? Like I heard a lot of me and my That's what she did? Okay, but here's the thing.
0: Wait a minute, hold on. Did she not say, hold on, hold on. Did she she asked her hold on. See, this one she asked her husband for his advice. Yeah. He said, I don't think that you should do that. And she goes, No, I am going to do it anyway.
1: Okay. She did it individually. It affected her credit. Right. His credit is not... So it was like 800 and 500. His credit might go down like 20 points for it's co-signing on her. It's going to go down. Her. Might go down 20 points for co-signing a, on a car with her. I don't know how much it's going to go it's down. It's not going to He's still going to be in the top tier.
0: But, it did, but you're, still, I, you're missing the I point, get, though. No,
1: I understand your yeah. point. And I'm not like... You made a good point. I'm not totally disagreeing with it. I guess I just feel like it creates bad habits in a relationship. I Because... It would be different if she signed for both of them or somehow it affected both of their credit scores. Then I feel like that's problematic. It affected hers. She's asking for help. She's like, look, I know I messed up. You were right in this. But for him to be like, nope, I told you not to do that. It just feels a little bit like this isn't how we should resolve an issue that we have. That's just how I look at it. Well, it, look, just, it just creates bad habits. But I do understand your point. So, I'm actually not disagreeing with you totally. So
0: all I'm saying is this: this is like in, like in a long conversation. Me and Candace talked about. It. Like all I'm saying is this. To me, I think this is like a deeper, deeper thing. To where I, I, I actually feel like if the shoe was on the other foot here, you'd see a chorus of women going, "He needs to learn his lesson." I really do. To me, it doesn't matter which way that this goes. This could be if, if a woman was in this situation and she's like, Do you know how many people ask me for money to start to start things and to do stuff? They ask me for money to start things and to do stuff all the time. I'm not gonna go out. I'm gonna go and ask somebody everything that I do, no matter what the breakdown of who's making what it is, I'm gonna tell you that I'm doing it. I'm gonna say, hey, I'm gonna run this by you, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. If I get if I get feedback that you don't like it, I'm probably not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. In this situation, hey, like the union of, by the way, I'll tell you something else. Something else that doesn't get thought about when he says we've helped each other before. We have co-signed for cars. Oh, we I didn't co- see
1: that. He said, It's right here. I'm not doubting you. Yeah,
0: he says, he says before, he goes, we've co-signed for stuff for each other in the past. We have. So they had a relationship where they were able to financially lean on one another, mm-hmm. right? He's co-signed for her, probably helped build her credit. She's co for him, probably helped build in their credit. All this co-signing talk just takes me back to the South. like. It, <laughs> and so they've, co- they've helped each other in the past. He doesn't have any problem helping her, but she came to him and she made a risky financial decision. They're married. Like you should not- I
1: wouldn't have done that.
0: You should not make that big of a financial decision if your partner is not okay with it. They're married. They're married. And so after that, you, hey. So we, it's tit for tat. It's not tit for tat. It's like now. You did it, so I'm going to do it too. But you, but no, he's not, it's not tit for tat. It's, I'm not going to put my credit on the line after you.
1: You did this, so this is how I'm going to handle no, it. No,
0: it's, okay. It's, I just don't understand, like, what's the point? Like, it. it I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I kind of don't understand. Like, look, okay, so now, and it's not, by the way, it's not like she doesn't drive. I can understand if he was like, "Man, walk! You can't. You gotta. You gotta ride to 2021."
1: I guess I just I see both. I see your point. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's the best way to handle that kind of situation. Well,
0: what's the best way to handle voting for Joe Biden? Real quick, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get this and get out of Biden. Released. We told you we was gonna talk about it. Um, I would ask Donnie what he thinks, but I know he agrees with you.
4: Um, <laughs>
1: you don't you
4: Donnie? Tell me why I'm wrong. No, yeah, you're right. I do agree with Rachel. I am not uh, the type of person to like teach my wife a lesson or punish her in this way. Like, uh, I don't think it would hurt my credit that much. Where it's worth, uh, I don't know, me like being in that role where I feel like I am teaching her a lesson. I don't know. It feels like communication through communication. We can get. I can get across that this situation like wasn't handled in the right way while still helping her out and getting her the kind of car that she wanted as opposed to being the person that's like, yo, did you learn your lesson?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's even that simple. I'm just saying, like, all I'm saying is, hey, you did what you wanted to do. I have to protect myself because now I know the next you're going to do what you want to do. I have to protect
1: my credit. Over Uh, the relationship.
0: Right, she did. The, right. She did the brother thing over the relationship. I
1: again. What are y'all just, talking about? Here is she did like it's she did the brother. I am not saying she, she's right. She asked him not, not He asked her not to right. do that. I am not. I don't think Donnie and I are saying she is right. What we're saying is she messed up. She knows she messed up. If you get into like, so this is how we're going to handle your mess up. Because in a relationship, people are going to do things. Go- there's going to be mess ups, and the response can't be, "I'm gonna punish you this way." See, I'm gonna do because you don't look at it as punishment. You don't. I like don't. You don't like that I'm using the word punishment. Well, what I'm saying is, I'm gonna handle it this way. Well,
0: the, the the way I would the way I would handle it is to say, the the way I would look at that is to say, okay, all right. I mean, you messed up, the brother. All right, but now I can't have it fuck up your credit and my credit.
2: It's not
1: messing up his, it's not fucking up his credit. It's going to mess his credit up. It does not mess his credit He's taking on up. a ton of, so co-signing on a car. I just got a car, right? Like you're, when you add, when you add stuff, yes, it goes, when you add more debt, it goes down. If you co-sign for, mess it for, if
0: you co-sign for somebody with risky credit like that, 540.
1: I guess this is, I'd be curious like, to know like, if it's f- different if it's your significant other. Like, at you, the end of the, it's like not a random person.
0: If you co-sign yeah. for somebody with risky credit, 540, that's going to, that's going to affect your credit score. And so i might like, you mess your credit. We can't mess both of our credit up. Like, for you to have a card that's three years, that's three years, you knew it, we okay, can't. We don't see it. Because of, of your, 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 your brother.
1: Because she's wrong first. I agree. She yeah. shouldn't have
0: done that. Accountability, man. It's tough. All right, look. Uh, President Biden, the Democrats posted this. President Biden's accomplishments for black Americans. Slash poverty among black children by 52% this first year fought to cancel over 132 billion dollars in student loans okay so that's not an accomplishment he, fought, he fought to do it okay he didn't. black uninsured rate reaches record lows capped the cost of insulin at $35 a month for medicare recipients that affects a lot of black people does the die diabetes yeah Signed an extension that boosted PPP loans for minority-owned small businesses. Directly affects black people. Increased nutrition assistance benefits for more than 40 million Americans. Provided 25 billion dollars in rental assistance. Um, you looked at these. What do you think about
1: them? Listen, one of the things we constantly say is talk about is the Democrats and their messaging. So they put out here, and because Trump's message is I've done more for Black people than any other president. So Biden is saying, listen, I'm not going to tout something like that. But what I am going to tell you is the accomplishments and the things that I've done or that I've implemented or I'm still working on implementing that are going to specifically help Black America, which he needs to do because he needs the vote, as we know from the last election, to beat Trump who he will run against in this upcoming um, election. So I think this is good. You know, I look, I have looked, particularly looked at the slashed poverty, poverty among black children by 52% for his first year. And I was like, what did he do that under? Because a lot of times like you have, oh, the infrastructure bill, but then there's all these things in it. And you're like, well, what, how specifically does that help people individually? This one was under the American Rescue Plan. And it gave that child, That refundable child tax credit, which is now expired Uh because Republicans and Manchin, who Uh we know works with for the other side, um let it expire, but now they're trying Biden's trying to bring it back. But like different things like that specifically talk about how from 2019 it's changed, dropped 60%. 2020. It's dropped to get 52 percent like he is doing things and implementing things and getting them passed where it's specifically helping black America. So I think spelling something out like this or even detailing specific things that he's been able to pass through Congress really show what he's doing for black America and how it'll have a trickle down effect and continue to help black America even hopefully when he's gone.
0: So this is my thing. I think there's a better way to message this stuff and we've talked about this before. You know what I thought about when I saw the capping of the insulin? The movie Soul Food. And this is who, this is who Biden doesn't have around him. I'm serious. So you're
1: supposed to be talking about Big Mama? Big Mama. Big Mama, <laughs> your
0: arm. Remember that? Of course. She's, her shit was on fire. She couldn't even feel that shit. Right? If I'm If I'm working for Biden, right? I'm like, Biden, if you're talking about insulin, Black people, you have to think about the way these things that you're talking about affect not black people, but black person. Forget about like black people as a whole, 40 million. Too many different people for you to reach them all at once with one message. Think about black person. That's very important. So if you're talking about the fact that you capped insulin, think about people's big mamas. They muddias. They ainies. Think about they mamos. Think about these people. You're making it easy for these women to live longer. I would actually do an insulin-based content push, and I would start off with that scene in Soul Food. Big mama, your arm, her shit is on. And then, like I'd have somebody come out and be like, yo, big mama was diabetic. And in the past, women like your big mama that kept these families together, we lost some of them because insulin prices were so expensive. You know who did that? But what we have to do here is make sure that we are capping these insulin prices so that you can have more soul food Sundays with your big mama. Somebody already beat me to it?
1: No, remember that black, was it? Was he a Surgeon General during COVID who stood up there with Trump and he was like, it's for Big Mama. It's for the Big Mamas. You don't remember that, Donnie? <laughs> I, I know
0: what you're talking about, but it's different though. Okay. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how it's different. It's different with him. It's different with him because he's telling Trump about Big Mamas. We're not trying to hear that. Uh, and by the way, what I'm trying to say is, don't I'm saying do this and directly use the stuff that gets black people. Show people with their big mamas. Like tell, I want to hear the stories of people who are affected by this stuff. So you
1: want Biden to tell us about us?
0: No, I don't want, see, this is the problem with you niggas. (laughs) What I'm saying is, not Biden, the Biden content team should highlight the stories of people who've been affected by this, which is what he tried to do when he went, to the cookout situation with the kids and dad remember when you went to the kid's house that affected by the student loan situation but make it a little ton in cheek have some fun you know use stuff from the movie like like talk to people about how this is affecting them but not Biden we don't want to see him <laughs> a- anything that is being messaged has to be messaged without Biden in it we can't see Biden can we hear him no <laughs> <laughs> can't see Biden I would rather they have Dennis Haysbert that played the president in 24 come out and be the official messenger like they things are getting drastic okay like it, it can't it can't it can't come from Biden we can't see Biden tuck Biden away use all use all movie clips use Use rap songs. Use Dear Mama. This is a fucking slam dunk ad. I should be paid to do this. Put Dear Mama by Tupac under the ad. Don't go to the barbershop. We've been there too much. Put Dear Mama by Tupac under the ad. Start off with soul food. Don't use the cousin. I know black women don't like her. Faith. So don't use cousin faith. She gave it up to Miles. You could tell that they was gonna fuck as soon as you heard him playing. I ain't mad Da-da-da-da. at you. <laughs> like, like, you know. You know. I was like, Nah. They about to. They gonna fuck. Like you could tell that that was gonna happen. And it was like that was such a well directed scene. It was dirty, nasty, guilty sex. Remember? Who? And they looked at each other like, "What did we just do?" Anyway, she saw it because, like. Some of those like some of those achievements, <laughs> they actually matter <laughs> what. Some of those, you know you know when you watch it, it was like like they looked at each other yeah, right after. And like, they
1: just like covered up. They covered and like, up. And it was, it like, was like the like, shame.
0: Wow. Think about like shooting that scene. Moment. I wanna to talk to Michael Beach about shooting no, that no, scene.
1: No, no, no. you know we all, he's always played somebody we don't like. Michael Beach? Yeah.
0: He went through a he went through a a, a phase of it, for sure. Anyway. Look, this stuff is not bad. I think there's two things that are lacking here. Number one is intentionality. This is not necessarily the stuff that they ran on. And these aren't the big, shiny issues that people get behind sometimes. And also, I think some of this stuff is my problem. Well, my statement, my statement is that some of this stuff is stuff that people can't connect to. It's great stuff and they know that it matters, but you need to make them feel that it matters. Yes,
1: we've talked about the feeling before. Feeling,
0: feeling, increased nutrition assistance benefits for more than forty million Americans. You know what does that look like? What does what does it look like? I, I think about shows like The Wire, and I will watch The Wire, and the kids will go into the bombed out house. I'll be like, "What they eating? Like, well, who's who's feeding them? Well, I want to know that they like now you got want food. Example.
1: You want specific examples like that? This is the head, but the bullet points underneath are like. This is how it specifically looks.
0: Yeah, and I want it to be a little tongue-in-cheek. Okay. And I well, wanted to be, I wanted to have some style it. Big mama's to
1: it. never gonna happen. The Big yeah. Mama, they dear should Dear
0: Mama. The dear mama with big it should start off, Big Mama, your arm, freeze frame. Come in. I'm Dennis Haysbert.
1: Let's go. <laughs> big mama died
0: at the end of this Let's movie. Go. But she didn't have to. Big mama died because nobody was paying attention to the cost of insulin. That's what we're doing here at the Biden administration. We're making sure that your big mamas, your big papas, and everyone can get their insulin. Take this from Eloise Simpson, living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Insulin was really high.
1: No, you started off good. No, we lost you lost it with that one. It started off good. It was (laughs) we gotta go. We gotta go.
0: I can write it. They should let me write it.
1: Listen. Maybe next election.
0: I'm not fucking working for the Democrats.
1: Okay? <laughs> Close this out, please.
0: Take things caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lazy Jr.
1: I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys.
4: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.